Yo, what is going on? And welcome back to Can We Talk About This with Murphy Wells. I'm him, and it is really good to be back, guys. It's been a little over a week since I came to you last, and I've got a lot to report on, and it's all positive, which I'm really excited to talk about because my last few episodes, they, they were a little more critical. As much as I want this to be like a venue where I'm able to really discuss ideas that I feel strongly about, I don't want this show to become pessimistic. I don't want it to become something where I'm always ranting or raving or politicizing or something like that. That's that's not what this is about. This is about sharing experiences. It's about communication. It's about a conversation. And what I want to conversate to you guys tonight is that like this show, I believe it's show 11, <laughs> not only have we now passed 1,000 downloads, so first of all, thank you very much to everyone who's tuned in, to everyone who's shared the show, talked about it, left a review. Please continue to do those things. That'd be nice. But more importantly, like, this will be the last time I actually record you guys at this house. Uh, It is currently Labor Day 2022 when I record this. Whenever you listen to it is whenever you listen to it. I'm done trying to put a day on it when you'll be listening to it. But um, it's Labor Day. And over the last seven days, I've just racked up an amazing amount of personal wins in my life. And it feels really good to say that. And I find it really, really interesting that it happened around my three-year anniversary at First Form. That's one of those, like, signs from the universe that, like, means something to me. It's like, oh, your, your three years concept, it keeps showing up now. Your thousand days concept, Andy's thousand days concept, it keeps showing up now. And it's been an ongoing, an ongoing point of conversation with people. Just, hey, whatever you're doing, if you really care about it, do it for at least three years. See how good you get at it. And what's culminated in, like, the last seven days of my life is something I'm really excited to share with you. So do you guys care if we talk about like the last week of my life and why this episode is entitled No Half Sends? A couple months ago, I was having a professional conversation and the person on the other line, this is my first story. Uh, This story essentially spans from last Sunday to this previous Monday, not today when I'm recording, but seven days ago. I was on the phone with someone and they asked if Essentially, First Form had a public speaking division or department, which as a formal thing, the answer is no. (laughs) Uh, There's not like a division of people ready to go speak, but if there's an event, sure. Like that's something that is an amazing chance to go meet people and represent the company. So I don't know how many of you remember this, but when I talked about my first day at First Form, my first meeting more so, not necessarily my first day, uh, after I did my karaoke, I talked to Andy about public speaking, and it was something that I've always been really, really interested in. I'm not scared of public speaking. It's one of those things like, yes, there is a little bit of nerves, like I'm human just like you, but so many people are just like scared of public speaking. It's like the number one fear for most people or, or some such statistic. I don't have that that vibe. I don't have that relationship with it. I've always enjoyed public speaking, and maybe that's like ego Or maybe it's just because that's something I feel competent at. I'd like to go with the latter of the two options. And so essentially the task was just come in and talk to this hospital staff in the middle of McCook, Nebraska about health and fitness and maybe some of the things you've been through. And this is also a piece of advice, not just me recounting what happened with this trip. But guys, if you want to make a name for yourself, you should have a story that you want to tell. We all have a story. And for a lot of you, you think there's nothing interesting about your life. That's not true. 
we all have some kind of perspective that really does reflect well in others when they listen to what we've been through because not everyone's experiences are synonymous. And when you think about your life and if you really can't come up with something, my next piece of advice to you is just to take a chance, take initiative, just go do it. And so that's what I did. I accepted the assignment and it was something where they're like, hey, you know, is this like something that your job requires? I'm like, no, like, I just want to come do it. So I did that. And McCook, Nebraska is a town I'd never heard of. Um, The person on the other line is one of the only Nebraskans I know. I know very few. Um, Everyone who I've met from Nebraska is awesome. But with that, I, I basically had a couple months notice to get down to Nebraska. And we settled on two times that I would talk. I would get an hour uh, a piece two times on Monday, I guess what was the 29th. And essentially I had free range to talk about whatever. And she was like, so do you know exactly what you're going to talk about? And I was like, look, I'll be honest with you. There's a big part of me that's probably just going to figure it out on the spot. And she's like, fine, do do it, whatever, just do your thing. Now, for what it's worth, I'm not going to say like I just came up there and I just bullshitted these people because that's not what it was. Instead, I have like a flow of ideas in my head. You know, you'll, you'll, you'll hear about like there are certain rappers that don't write things down. You know, they, they just come up with a song in their head and then they just put it all together on mic. Well, that's kind of how I've always been with like public speaking or communication in general. It's like I'm, I'm trying to like solve a problem or I'm trying to offer a piece of value. I'm trying to do something with this. And just knowing what words and phrases, it's one of those things that just comes easy to me. And I, I don't think that everybody experiences that. So essentially, I drove nine and a half hours there on Sunday. On Monday, I got there. At 9 a.m., I showed up. At 10, we were just like kind of prepping, setting up the room. About 15 people came in. I told them my story. I told them about first form. I, I told them about little things that they could do to get their health and fitness and nutrition on track. And it was really cool to just like see people taking notes and to have people ask questions at the end and for people to actually laugh at my crummy jokes. Like <laughs> at the same time, maybe the reason that I enjoy public speaking is because like I've watched comedians my whole life and they're really effective communicators at the end of the day. Their goal is to make you laugh and they know how to do it. It's timing. It's it's nuance. It's the, the art of, you know, subverting expectations that that all goes into public speaking like. I don't know how to explain it, but this was one of the most liberating experiences of my life. And I think when you tell the average person like, hey, your first public speaking gig is going to be something like in a hospital in the middle of a small town, Nebraska, like the average person would hear that and they would probably think like, oh, that's not what I had envisioned for myself. I want to be like Tony Robbins. I want to be up there in front of a big crowd full of people or or someone like that. And it's like, well, dude, all those people. They, they start doing really small things and they join associations and they get up to that level. Sure, I would love to have that kind of significance in public speaking someday, but I'm not doing public speaking because essentially I want to make a lot of money at it or because I want to build my brand with it. Like, sure, those are nice things, but I want to do it because I always thought it was empowering. I always saw people get up on stage, whether it was TED Talks or comedy acts or or people who spoke for like big companies or motivational speakers, whatever you want to call it. I just always admired these people. Now, yeah, there are some really, really, really corny people out there who get up and public speak. 
There are people who don't have any nuance. There are people who don't have any individuality. They just listen to the motivational speeches on YouTube and they just pull from those. They don't really have the life experience to back it up. I admit that those people are out there. I would like to believe I have a decent dose of life experience. And with this trip, literally in 36 hours, I drove nine and a half hours there, nine and a half hours back. And it was just so cool to take this into my own hands and make it happen. A lot of people, and this is really big in the personal development field, which is part of what I do for a living. And I guess with this podcast, also for recreation, now that I'm thinking about it. But a lot of people have really big ideas and they never take the time to like look for opportunities. They don't, they don't pay attention to making it happen. It would be nice. It'd be nice if this just happened. In fact, and that's going to be its own episode someday, just a little bit of a spoiler alert. Like the I just want thing is something that really pisses me off because most people aren't willing to invest in what they want. And I got to meet someone who I talk to professionally pretty consistently. And what that does for the relationship is just next level. This is a really cool person. And I just want to say, if you listen to this, Andy, I appreciate you so much. Um, I've loved watching you know, our friendship grow, watching you grow, and you are an amazing friend. And for this opportunity, I'm really, really grateful that I got to come down and meet your coworkers and your friends and your hospital staff and you. And I hope they're all better for the experience because when I see people come up to me after this talk and they just are like, so what about this? What about that? Well, what can I do with this? Like, how would you approach this? Well, answer this question. I don't want to say it was validating, but I was like, I felt right being here and I felt right doing this. And that's amazing. That's one of the coolest things I can ever disclose to you guys. And I will also disclose this to you. I've I've driven Highway 70, I don't know how many times, dozens probably. I, I've been to Colorado a bunch of times for a bunch of reasons. And legitimately, I am so familiar with that highway because it's literally just a straight line once you're in Kansas. But I got to actually go down some Kansas back roads and some Nebraskan back roads. And I won't lie, I turned on some country music every now and again. Those of you who know me personally know I'm not the biggest fan of country music. There's some cool stuff. But it was just a mood. It was just a vibe. And I was fucking feeling it. So to McCook, Nebraska, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it so much. And I can't wait to be back for another talk someday soon. Now... What happened next is essentially kind of three days worth of stuff, but it all starts with buying my first house. I had started kind of looking for a house a few months ago. I, I, I Just being 29, I was like, look, I'm getting to the age where I'm about 30 years old. I'm really an adult. Like I, I, I still kind of identify as a kid, but like that's just me knowing that I have a lot to learn and a lot to fuck up. And I'm still cool with that. And I do still have like this kind of whimsical, childlike quality to my personality. I still like anime. I still love chicken tenders. I still have like a bunch of toys and collectibles from when I was a kid. Like, these are things I cherish. I watch stupid things I used to watch when I was a kid, too. Like, I will still rewatch SpongeBob. I will still, like, rewatch old Power Rangers stuff from time to time just to, like, look at what it was I was watching back then and connect with it. But I'm not a kid. I'm a man. So, anyways, I kind of was looking 
And I had the help of my friend Zach, who, if you're in the St. Louis area, uh, Zach Vegas is the man. Let me just say that first and foremost. This guy makes the home buying process not only easy, but he makes it fun. This is a guy who I've known personally for about a year, and I just knew that this is who I wanted to help me buy a house because so many people have so many great things to say about him. And every time I've had a personal interaction with him, every time I've done jujitsu with him, and yes, you have beaten me every single time. I'll admit it. I'll admit it. Um, usually by armbar. I don't appreciate that, but it's fine. I still love you. <laughs> More importantly than that, I knew I wanted Zach's help. And so we, we looked at probably about five to seven places together. And I, I was constantly texting and saying like, well, what about this place? What about this place? What about this place? And with your first home, he was like, look, dude, this doesn't have to be the biggest, most extravagant thing. Find something that fits your needs and just start building equity. I was like, cool. So we did that. And finally, when I was just about to say, hey, let's wait till next year. It's okay. Like, I don't mind waiting a little bit longer. I don't mind saving a little bit up. We checked out one last house. And it was a house on a street that I was actually kind of raised on. Here in St. Louis, I've been raised in a lot of places, if I really think about it. I started in a house in South City, The Hill, and then we moved out to the county, and I would always stay at my grandma's or my my biological dad's on weekends or uh, sometimes my stepdad's place or the house that we lived in for most of my childhood. But there's one street in particular that I stayed with my grandma when I was really, really young. And it's on the other side of the street where I found this little blue house. And when I just saw it, it just kind of felt homey. It had updated floors, updated windows, the bathroom was finished, the kitchen was nice. It needs some appliances, mind you. I had to pay for that today. And the basement was unfinished, but it had everything I needed. There was nothing wrong with it. In fact, it was super livable. And it just kind of fit my needs. So we looked into it. We negotiated with some people. And essentially, the day when I got back from Nebraska... Essentially, Tuesday, I started working from home earlier than usual. I went down to the title company. I signed a bajillion papers. But by the end of the day, I was a homeowner. And Zach Fagus, being the man that he is, not only did he help me get a home, he surprised me with a ring doorbell and a bottle of Hennessy. Yo, anything is possible. This was just like proof of fruition of that concept. And for me... A guy who has been in trouble with the law, who dropped out of college, who does have college debt, who has not always been good with money, who is becoming more sound with a lot of these faults of mine, it really felt like I had achieved something that even I didn't believe that I could do. And so that night that I purchased it, I had some people come over. Uh, I had my mom, I had my dad, I had my friend Mark, and I had my friend Amanda. They all came over, saw the place. Mind you, it's empty. It's still very much empty. We are working on making it a home, but obviously this is one of those things that takes time. And legitimately, as everyone left, and it was just me and Amanda before we were going to go eat dinner, she goes, I can't believe I'm seeing this. And I responded with saying, honestly, neither can I. To tell you the truth, guys, there's a lot of things that I have proven to myself that I can do that I had no inclination, absolutely no hint of faith that I would ever be able to accomplish. And the fact that I'm a homeowner now, the fact that I own equity, the fact that someone was willing to take a risk on me 
with a loan, despite some of the criminal things I've done, despite some of the bad decisions I've made, it didn't matter. It didn't matter at all. I proved it to all the people that I needed to prove it to. But as I sat there with Amanda and I told her, I didn't think I'd make it this far. To tell you, to be completely blunt with you, there's this scene from The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and someone made kind of a meme out of it once. Not like a funny meme, but just like, hey, a, a think about this, get in the feels kind of meme. And it, it was a picture of Will standing in the middle of the Beverly Hills home. And it, it had it had this saying underneath it, I don't know, man, what if I never make it? I remember seeing this one night when I was in Boogie, of all places. It was like 2015, 2016. I was deep into my bullshit back then. And I identified with it so hard because when you're a young college kid making illegal money, you're pretty much doing whatever you want, whenever you want. You would always have the feeling in the back of your mind that it's all going to be over someday and it's probably not going to be good. To which, ding dong, that did happen. And it's something I've looked at, this, this meme in my phone from five, six, seven years ago. And I just look at it all the time. It's not something that I'm happy about. But I've, for all of my, for all my preaching and for all my motivational stuff that I've done in the past, like the, the, the Instagram posts or anything I've said online or any kind of reel I've made, I still struggle with self-doubt. And the point is not proving it to other people, but you have to prove it to you. A lot of people really do underestimate what they are capable of. The facts are this. Get an idea. Get a get a, a sound idea that you can turn into a smart goal, specific, measurable, attainable, re- realistic, time-sensitive, and just start working backwards from that. When does it need to be done by? How many months or years or days or weeks do you have to do it? What needs to be done by when? And how do you coordinate these things around your life? What resources do you need? What friends do you need? Invest in those things. And yeah, it's work. But when you find people who are good at what they do and people who have experience and you actually use the resource like the fucking internet like we're supposed to, then yes, even a schmuck like me can get a house. I, I'm not even 30 yet. I was in trouble with the law six years ago. I had a 2.2 something grade point average in college. Yet when I look at my list of goals that I wrote for myself, pretty much the year that I decided to move back from Springfield, there were some things on there that I really was thinking too small. It feels so good to say that because some of the things I've learned that I'm capable of are just mind-boggling to me. And I don't know if it's the three years concept or if it's just because I'm just growing in that right direction. Whatever the case may be, everybody, don't stress it. Do the right thing and the right things will happen. That doesn't mean I'm perfect. What it means is I got to this point. I didn't just come to this point to just get to this point. Now, while my house was being bought, I was pretty much trying to pack as much work into about three days as I could. 
while leaving to go to the title office, while sometimes working from home and sometimes working from first form headquarters. It, it was a jumbled week, especially with my trip to Nebraska, because part three of my story, where it all kind of just comes to a head, a climax, if you will, is all about going to Chicago for North Coast Fest. So I have a friend and his name is Mark. And Mark is someone I've worked with and Mark is someone I've essentially created a friendship with. And if I'm fully disclosing the truth to you guys, uh, without him, this podcast wouldn't be a thing. He showed me essentially uh, what software to record on, uh, gave me a mic and a boom, and essentially just showed me all the stuff I needed to know to get it done. And about a month ago, he had told me that there was a festival coming up. Uh, a an EDM festival. And now I like EDM music. I've I've listened to dubstep, I've listened to EDM, I've listened to techno. It's never been my favorite genre, but I've always liked it and I've always listened to it consistently. Are there artists that I'm like super in love with? Uh, there's some that I favored before this event, but there weren't any that I was just like super, super passionate about. And I can be honest about that. But he told me, he goes, Murph, it's not so much about the music, it's about the experience of it. Just trust me. Let's go. You're going to have a good time. And so I trusted him. I bought a ticket. It was a three-day pass. And the amount of artists that were at this thing was truly worth what this thing cost. I'm not saying that it was like super duper expensive, but it's like, okay, I better have a good time when I'm taking a weekend to go to Chicago. I have only been to Chicago once in my life before this. And I didn't have the best experience while I was there, not due to the city so much as what happened there. That's a story unto itself for another episode. However, I was like, hey, it's a chance to travel. But I had to get a lot of work done in this time. So for those three days that I was home, I was starting earlier and I was ending later. And I got a lot done. I felt really, really productive about what I got done in that week. So as the weekend drew close, we left about 5 a.m. on Friday. We got there probably about 10 or 11 and we met up with some folks, some friends, and the vibe was immediately immaculate. The people who we got to meet down there and the, the friends we got to make uh, were just amazing people. And I'm really, really glad that I get to call these people my friends. And so at this festival, like you just go to this place and people are living their best life. Now, mind you, living your best life does not always mean that you're engaged in personal development and your life is trending necessarily in the right direction. But these people were having the time of their lives. And because of that, I was having the time of my life. What I loved about getting to North Coast Fest was the diversity of the people there. No two people were exactly alike there. And the ex- the energy of the whole thing was just uplifting. I had always seen footage of like EDC and some of these bigger festivals and even some smaller ones And they always just looked lit. But again, it was never one of those things where I was like, okay, well, I'll go find time to do that. Well, the opportunity presented itself. And it was with people who I knew that I trusted. And I was like, all right, cool, let's go. Let's have a good time. And guys, I didn't just have a good time. I had a great fucking time. Like, I got to see some of the artists that I really have been following for the last couple years. People like Two Friends. That meant the world to me. Those big booty mixes are fire. Like... That really did geek me up. And I saw some big names too that while I wasn't too, too familiar with them, it was amazing getting to see these sets live because EDM is good music to listen to. 
But the live experience honestly trumps it. Because when you go see these DJs and these producers and these artists put these entire ensembles together, the cool thing is not only is it shorter to like essentially change sets, but more importantly, like the energy that these conductors bring is just next level shit. And you're inspired to dance. And people like Elenium, which was the best show of the entire festival, in my opinion. Porter Robinson, who was one of the most personable DJs I've ever heard in my life. Like, this dude was seriously, like, having a moment at his own show. And it was absolutely endearing. Slander, which was, like, a visceral assault on the senses. Like, dude, this was nuts to really start to cap off the show. Like, these guys had sets that were full of, like, melodic songs and then some of the most, like, heavy drops I've ever heard. And just to see these shows and these live spectacles and how the people react to it, it is hard not to smile the entire time. And when we weren't at the show, we were in the city or just spending time together or doing what we could to just enjoy each other's company, And we had a gaggle of about probably like a half dozen people at all times. And that was all it needed to be. It was really cool to get away for a weekend. It was really cool to let go and to experience something new. And to know that this is something I want to do way more. Like, I don't want to say like it was an epiphany, but it was like kind of a come to Jesus moment of like, dude, this is exactly where you fit in. And it's funny because a lot of the people who went, they either, you know, have worked with me at one point or uh, in the case of my friend Kate, work with me now. And I'm, I always kept saying, you know, you see me around the office and I'm I'm always listening to music. I'm always doing my own thing, just kind of like fucking energy and bobbing my head uh, or just kind of in my own little world. Well, here it's like everybody's in their own little world. It's like a little bubble completely separated from what else is going on. You don't necessarily have that feeling like, I don't know. I could get roughed up here. Like when I go to a day to remember, it's an awesome show, but like I'm not young and spry like I used to be. I don't want to mosh anymore. And there actually were still mosh pits at this thing, which was actually pretty funny if I think about it enough. But more than that, the people were cool. I was meeting people from LA. I was meeting people I worked with like virtually. And that was super cool. I I got to see old friends that I went to college with, my friend Taylor Richardson. If you ever listen to this, just know that I love you. Like, it was really, really cool to see you at Aspen. And, you know, it it was a moment that made me feel young again. It inspired me. And what inspired me the most is just how happy I was the whole time while I was there. Again, I've never been to Chicago that much. Like, I've been, I've been to Chicago twice now. It's not about Chicago. It was about good people. It was about good music. It was about an amazing vibe. It was about the fact that people were really different there. Like, everyone was different from everyone. And yet there was no hostility. There was no division. There was no political shit. There was no talk of anything political. It was just, let's have a good fucking time. I love you. Good night. A lot of the DJs didn't actually have a lot to say. They just performed. That's what music is. Like, sure, music can be made for political statements, but this was about, hey, let's just have a good time. Let's just enjoy life for a minute. And sometimes I lose track of that. As a guy who's been through kind of a fuck ton of shit, I sometimes forget how to just be happy. I actually met with one of my managers at work and he asked, what is your goal for like the next 90 days? And I I could have like up to three of them. I said, honestly, I just want to work on being happy. And I did that this whole week. 
helped me with being happy. But what's specific about this story and how it relates to the title of the episode is that while I was in the crowd, there were flags everywhere. There were signs everywhere. Like people have really good senses of humor at these things. And there was a sign, there were two signs. One was full send that was black with white writing. And then there was a white sign that said no half sends. And I looked at it and I immediately, just like when I was at the A Day to Remember show, I typed in my phone what this episode was going to be about. I was going to call it no half sends because I sent it on that trip to Nebraska when I went to publicly speak. I sent it on buying a house and I sent it to this fucking festival. I have great friends in so many places that have helped me have these moments. I saw these moments through to the end. I'm 11 episodes in, over a thousand listens in on my podcast. I haven't felt this good in so long. This last week was a full send. And I think not only was it my best week of 2022, it was probably the best week of my life. And it wasn't just because things happened that way. It's because for everything that I have done to correct and fix my life, I'm finally starting to see that the happiness should have always been there. But it's my decision to execute on it, and it's my decision to send it. So if you're listening to this right now, I'm, I'm honestly getting a little choked up. Um, that's kind of hard to say. But if you have something you want to do, if you have something that means something to you, and you're holding back, or you're scared, or you're embarrassed, or you're, you're, you're too humble to admit it, or you're too just fucking afraid to figure out who you really are, fuck you, send it. You're only hurting yourself. You gotta take a chance. You have to do something for you. Because if you don't, you won't be happy. Like, really happy. I got a lot of happiness I still got to get. And I'm going to do that. Because I don't get off this microphone just to fucking pat myself on the back. I do it hoping that I can help someone who needs to hear this. And I do it because... For the longest time, I wanted to, and I was doing the wrong thing, or I was talking about doing it. I'm here doing it. It feels really good. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Enough of the sappy shit. Enough. (laughs) Guys, I've been every word I said. I've been every word I've said on every podcast. I want to continue that trend. I want to not be congested because this is shit. Ugh, congestion fucking sucks. But anyways, guys, if you listen this far, number one, thank you. Number two, if you would not mind doing me a solid, leave me a review. Leave me a comment on uh, Apple Podcasts. Leave me five or less stars on Spotify. Share the podcast. Tag me when you share the podcast. Leave some kind of impression whenever you share it. I would appreciate that. The more you talk about it, the more this thing grows. The more this thing grows, the more it will ultimately grow. That is my prerogative. I apologize for having to take a week off, but at the same time, I was having the best week of my life. And if you can't be happy for me, that's your problem.
because I'm happy for me. With that, I'm going to sign off. Until next time, I'm out.